Welcome to the View from the Rock podcast. I'm your host, Ruck, and today I'm here with Papa Swappa and Morgie, just like always. Uh, we have a few things to talk about today. We uh, have more than enough for our show, so we'll see just how long it goes. We've got a little Final Four preview, uh, musical genre to discuss. Uh, we're going to be kind of picking a song each. We've got a unique beer of the week from a friend from the pod, friend of the pod, uh, from the land of the beeves. And finally, we have a top three that is our all-time sports teams from the state of Washington in all sports. Uh, Swappa, how you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Here we are. Um, the last Sunday of March, moving into spring break, and just like a true Washingtonian, we saw all the seasons this this last week. We had a day where it was 60 degrees and it felt like 80. We had a day where it rained about an inch and a half. We had hail. Uh, we had uh, today um, some very cold weather mixed in with some warmer weather, followed by some cloud cover. And when I last looked outside, it was cloudy and cold. Yeah, I'm wearing my shorty shorts, and I kind of wish I wasn't. It's been a, it's been a weird week of weather. Going up to Bellingham at the track meet Friday, it was snowing. There were uh, tow trucks pulling cars out of the ditch, and we're the last week of March. Yeah, it's kind of spring. It's it's like the, it's like the the uh, weather gods are battling it out to see who wins between cold and warm and you know warm will win because of seasons it'll just be a matter of when there's some science involved there i know i heard a term for the first time this year and it was fake spring uh, that is what we're experiencing currently where we'll get a day and it's 55 60 63 and you think this is how the rest of the the year is going to go until we get back to the fall and then you get a day like we had at that track meet and <laughs> just owns you. <laughs> I, I, I felt like I dressed for going to Mount Baker and I had hand warmers. It was 39 degrees. There wasn't very much wind, which was good, but so I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm picturing one of our assistant coaches. Uh, I don't know if I'd say friend of the pod. Cause I think that that household actively tries not to listen to our podcast. Um, your, uh, your cousin, uh, Andy, I think that household wants nothing to do with it, with this podcast, but uh, I'm picturing our assistant who also lives in that house and the difference between the bottom of her jacket and the ground was maybe six inches. She had a very long coat on. <laughs> Understandably. <laughs> no judgment. I do think Andy's serious. banning the podcast. <laughs> well, I haven't heard from him. I, I, hate. I drop it to him and... He's like, oh, nice. That's it. Really? Yeah. Not, not a fan? I don't or... know. Well, I'm going to have to have a talk with him. Huh. You know, I know Nick's a big fan. I think there are probably some people who, uh, you know, they wish that they could be guests on the show or they had some sort of invite. And so they're going to play coy, hold out, see what happens. I, I think th Andy should be a guest. I think Just that so would be a tremendous guest. He has a great radio voice. Very raspy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of people that want to be a guest. We talked to one, or you did, at a baseball game he last was, week. Uh, yeah, Rod was begging, and he. I think we could maybe make it happen towards the maybe late spring, summer, do a little fishing preview. I think it'd be a great idea. He wants to talk fishing and maybe some flying. Oh, that would be great. We could get his expertise on halibut and some king fishing yeah and i could talk about lingcod that sounds great i mean we definitely don't need to have him on here to tell us um about how to win a fantasy football league uh that would not be helpful uh and also i'm a little bit worried about the number of times i'm gonna have to bleep out expletives he did say he would show. not cuss oh wow well maybe he could be a guest on the secret podcast he, he there's mm. a lot of people that are anxious about that we'll have to let him know soon when and where we're going to be doing that live. Yeah, at this point, <laughs> there, there are no concrete plans. So did I hear it here first that there is talk of the secret podcast being live? I think you just heard it. 
we might have like a few special seats available for Man, people. You're putting that out into the real world. That's scary. We'll see. Wow. Hey, you, you had some lacrosse this weekend, didn't you? In addition to, to track stuff? Finished track Friday. It was an amazing time for you coaches and the team, winning both the boys and girls. Was there 11 teams, correct? Uh, yeah, if you include us, I believe. Uh, great time. And what is even better is just putting the smack down on Seahome. Just and, a, and they were hosting the meet, were they not? They were hosting just just a brief little snidbit about that. I show up with my dad and we pay <laughs> and we see that Seahome is the host and they hand me a green and yellow ticket. <laughs> like that's that's pathetic. Unacceptable. I looked and I put out my hand and took a photo of it. I saw the photo on a text photo. I just couldn't. I was like, wow, we can never get rid of them. But it was just amazing to see them do well. And Seahome didn't win. And we did. Um, so some context. If you've never been to a track meet, uh, we have what's called invitationals. And they tend to be on the weekend. Um, so this was an invitational. It was called Twilight in the Ham. Uh, it's a few, few years we've had that now. So that's why there's 11 teams. Normally, if it's a regular meet during the week, it's... Uh, a duel, two teams, or a double duel, three teams. You could go four, but it starts to get a little bit tricky to score that. Um, so, yeah, this was an invite. That's why there's 11 teams. You're limited to how many kids you can put in. I think you get three kids per event. Um, yeah. And then yesterday we had lacrosse in the morning, and I thought we were going to be mudding it. The weather was putrid. Like, it was the worst rain I'd seen in a long time here. Yesterday morning was really bad and cold. So we showed up, and we were on the turf at Rice, and we played Linden. And our team put the smackdown on them 15-0. Well, there are not many things Linden is not good at. Can we put lacrosse on that list? Definitely number one. I almost stood up and said, Linden, oh, here's one thing you're not good at. You know, and there's nothing better than beating the team in green. We got Linden, Seahome, the Ducks. It's beautiful. Shorecrest. Oh, the Ooh. Scots. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was great. The kids did well. Uh, my son, Rowan, just starting lacrosse this year, scored a goal, his very first goal of the year. And I think some of the his teammates thought it was the greatest thing in the world. It was, ha it was a happy dad moment for me. So otherwise, it was a great weekend. And I took off last night and went and watched some U-12 baseball in Everett. And that's, that's an experience, let me tell you. Um, probably 31 degrees at game time. Uh, as the sun <laughs> went down, it got cooler. And uh, for those of you in the listening audience who are familiar with the youth baseball world, apparently it is normal now for every uh, team to have a big giant speaker with walk-up songs for all their players. And that is where I think the decline of society begins. Dude, I, I would just like to say as a coach, um, there are some teams who, whether it's cross country or track, will bring a giant speaker to the meet and try to play music. And we are a very anti-music speaker team. And the other teams that tend to be better are also in the same boat, like Seahome, for example, or Burlington. We will all complain together about the teams that do bring those speakers and music. And sometimes you get a kid up in the audience who's or in the, in the stands as they're waiting and they'll try to play some music, but you got to cut that off. Do you pull the plug or is it the, it's charged because they pulled that stuff in basketball. There was a game where I saw your team warming up in basketball. Ferndale I, locker room. Yeah. I almost went over and pulled the plug. It was embarrassing. But when it's Bluetooth, that's hard to, hard to do. You, yeah, some they sort were, of they blocking device. Well, they plugged it in on the wall in Mount Vernon. And they, I asked yeah. Tori and Peter Swanson, I'm like, is this legal? Can you just go pull the plug? And they, I think, had to go to the committee to decide. I just don't know why an 11-year-old kid needs a walk-up song. They, maybe this is a topic for the secret podcast, <laughs> but they do not need to feel any more special like they're playing at uh safeco or t-mobile yes i mean if you want to get into uh, the psychology of um 
children growing up, they definitely don't need any more focus on self because that's pretty much all they can focus on to begin with. So the idea of making it more about the thing they already only think about is probably not a great idea. I agree. And I also should probably stop talking about my thoughts on this. Mm. Speaking <laughs> on that note, probably time for some fact checking. I mean, we may have to fact check what, fact check what we just said right there because we talked about some pretty heavy psychology stuff. Um, we missed some Canadian bands, apparently. Yeah, we uh, as the footprint of the podcast continues to expand, we had um, several people come up to us over the last two weeks since the last episode to remind us, or in some case, in some cases, inform us of Canadian artists that we either missed or did not realize were Canadian. Mr. Morgenthaler? So a couple. Uh, Joni Mitchell, Sign Dog, was upset about that. Did not realize she was Canadian. Avril Lavigne. I always read Avril and think April. Can you know, you get, wait, can you guys name a song by Avril Lavigne? Not one. Is it Avril? It's Avril. I don't know why I said that. I like Avril better. Up. Avril? Yeah. Like Cliff Avril for the Seahawks? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I cannot name a song. I know that one of our very close friends on the podcast that we teach with, Miss Holly Besmer, could name 10 of her songs. Wow. I can't. I can name one. He was a skater boy. I don't know if you've heard that one. No. no? Mm. Okay. Well. well. Maybe we'll ask Holly to have, have her name us five tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I I feel like maybe this Avril is a talented artist and apparently Canadian, I, but I cannot name a song of hers. I, in all fairness, Avril Lavigne was popular during my middle school slash early high school years, and so you were probably doing a lot more important things than listening to her. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, how old Recent. an artist is she? I mean, she's probably close to my age. Maybe... I guess she could be a little older than me, but not much. She's I'll probably 35. Yeah. She had different colored hair, I remember. And she was probably a popular artist when she was like 16. So Yeah. And then the one that I was supposed to mention and forgot, and this is a big one that I used to listen to with my mom in the early 80s, is Anne Murray. Oh, yeah. I remember listening to her on Como AM radio. Is there any, anything about her I should know? Because that's the first time I've ever seen that name. Can we you... were listening to her on 45 or, right? 45? What's that? The record. Oh. Like the... The big record turntable. We didn't have anything else back yes. then. So that's what we would listen to, Anne Murray. Uh, she has very nice hair. Like what kind of genre is she? Easy listening. <laughs> like folk? Um... The only Canadian folk artist I can come up with is Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> She's more easy listening. Easy yeah, like a Sunday like, morning? It's like yacht rock without a yacht. Huh? Yeah. So it's just rock. No. No. No, no. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's just the yacht. It's maybe it's rock. yacht rock without the rock. Yeah. It's, not, it's easy right. listening. If, um, you, if you heard one of her songs, and I cannot come up with any of the titles right now. Maybe we can fact check that. Mm. I think you'd hear these songs and think, oh, yeah. You looked at me like that's, that's my job, what I'm supposed to be doing, and so I'm going to do that right now. Well, real quick, about Ann Murray. You know, there's two or three people that came up to us, and the first thing they said was, no Ann Murray. I mean, Heather, our good friend Heather. Yes. Who is Canadian. Yes. That was probably, she's top three on her list. So Even John Lunsford said, Ann Murray. But I think he grew up in that time. Um, it says that Ann Murray has four, Grammy, uh, four Grammys, including Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance in 1979. So, yeah, a big time, big time person. According to uh, annemurray.com, she has sold over 55 million albums. Wow. Worldwide. Can Around. you name me a song? And I think I might. What's. Oh. Just Another Woman in Love? Nope. Um, Snowbird? Nope. I'll have to go get the record from my mom's house and we'll play it this week yeah. for all I, of us. I wish I could play it right now so we could listen to it, but I wouldn't really want to get demonetized from the money we already don't make from this. Um, hey, moving along, uh, Bare Naked Ladies. 
If right. I Had a Million Dollars. There you go. It was one of their songs. Uh, crash Test Dummies. Super Deep Voice Guy. Mm-hmm. That guy, um, yeah. And he had this, the song about Superman. Remember that song? You that know, was from Val. I didn't remember the Superman song, but I did remember the Crash Test Dummies song that is actually named Mmm, Mmm, Mmm. And it's from, uh, or is famous at least to me, from Dumb and Dumber. Was which, that in Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Which is, I think, uh, probably should be in someone's top three guy movie list. Wasn't ours, unfortunately. We could do another top three guy movie list and come up with three different movies. Maybe Easily. they all have to be funny. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and uh, Bare Naked Ladies, one week. That's that's the one probably most people recognize. You know, it's been one week since you looked at me. You've never heard that? I'm I might I've I I probably have. You, I just don't know. You would know it. Are the crash test dummies still active? That could be found out if we were to take a break right now because we have reached the end of our things we need to fact check. Are we interested in a break before we get into a Final Four preview? Or are we just rolling right ahead? I think we need a break to find out if the crash test dummies are still active and if we on a break can play an Anne Murray song that Mr. Morgenthaler recognizes. And I'm also going to throw in there one week because there's no way you've never heard that. Uh, All right, here we go. Break time. All right, and we're back from our break here at the View from the Rock podcast, and we found some things out during our break. It was a very important time. So we found out that we definitely like Anne Murray better than the Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, the song uh, that Morgie, your mom, liked was Snowbirds. During, and during the break, we had Grandma Patty on... On speaker. Yes. Yep. Uh, very... Wasn't happy about it, but whatever. Well, because you told her that we were still alive. Yeah. She said her voice <laughs> is not allowed on the podcast, but she said Snowbird and Swap and I remembered you needed me. That's right. Very touching, slow, kind of a love song. And then Songbird, a little quicker, almost almost has like a little Leavenworth Washington feel to it. Snowbird. Spread your tiny wings and fly away. You said Songbird. I think you said it was almost like a, a waltz, right? It, it was very, it had like a little Bavarian kind of feel to it. Which brought me back to my memory, which is Stan Borson, Swedish artist that grew up in this area. I think he was on Como or King or maybe a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, I think he was um, on Como. I want to say he even, oh, now I'm starting to get it confused with Captain Kangaroo, maybe. But uh, yeah, that's another story. Um, did you want to tell us a little bit about your feelings about the Bare Naked Ladies before we continue? Well, we during the break, we played about 20 seconds of the Bare Naked Ladies, and I had the same physiological reaction as I do when someone plays Rush. Mm-hmm. Witness. And, Witness. I, I disagree. I think if you played Rush and the Bare Naked Ladies over and over again, it would be like deer repellent. Oh, it's fascinating how much you kind of hate these pillars of Canadian society when Ken never did anything to you. It's a bunch of nice people up there. That's why I probably had so many people complaining that we miss these Canadian bands because everybody's friends with Canada. It's our top hat. You cannot put bare naked ladies with rush. That's bare naked ladies is a definite zero. Definite <laughs> zero. I'm just imagining rush. <laughs> hey, shout out to Hugh, Hugh, me and you are tight, bud. I agree. I'm going to stick up with you for Rush. Swap goes to uh, Mexico, say, for spring break. They capture him, and they put him in torture in a room that's just playing Rush and Bare Naked Ladies at, like, volume 11. That would be my hell. <laughs> just Tom Sawyer over and over. Oh. <laughs> or what was that song, the Bare Naked Ladies song you just played? One week. Oh, it was oh, awful. I, it's, I, they make this, this, this horrible noise. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, moving along. Uh, we have our final four preview, um, which I think was just decided a few minutes before we got on here. Uh, Morgie, tell me who's even in the tournament right now. Well, there are four teams left. San Diego State is going to play FAU, both their first time ever in the final four, and UConn. I think I jinxed myself because in our notes, uh, this team was up 14, and I put Texas. Ooh. 
and they oh, lost. I just noticed. Oh that. my goodness, that's that's karma biting me. But Miami beat Texas, so Miami plays UConn. Uh, first time for Miami as well. You know, I don't know much about these teams. It's been an amazing tournament. What do you think, Swamp? It's been a good tournament. You know, the last episode, we were both convinced that Duke and Virginia were going to have great tournaments. And I believe they went one and two. I, oh. I, just, I just saw someone complaining. I don't know if it was on the Twitter sphere, but the idea was that, oh, man, the tournament's too watered down. We don't actually get to see uh, the best teams play each other. They need to redo it, which I think is a ridiculous take. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I think there's been some great games. The UCLA-Gonzaga game the other night was amazing. And I thought after that, Gonzaga might be kind of a team of destiny, and then UConn beat them by 34. I think now with the transfer portal Mm -hmm. and just all of that happening, it's just leveling the playing field across college basketball. And I don't know if that is in baseball or other sports, but you're seeing these teams, like another 16 beat a 1, a 15 beat a 2. There's just more... It's just across the board, there's talent everywhere and not just the blue bloods. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, we are consumers. We want to have an entertaining tournament. Seeing Duke and Virginia be in the tournament, Final Four or Elite Eight every year is not fun. That's not fun. I mean, I had San Diego State in the Sweet 16. I had UConn there. Um, I had Miami losing to Texas. Actually not. I had Houston. But it's just good. It's good for sport. I mean, it's the best thing that college sports does is the NCAA tournament. It is, and it's the one sport where you really feel like there can really be a Cinderella. There's not going to be in football. Florida Atlantic is not going to beat Alabama in football. And Florida Atlantic or San Diego State is going to be in the final game. That's amazing. Yeah. The Owls. FAU is the Owls? I think. I believe that's correct. Um, and the Aztecs and the Huskies and the Hurricanes. Wow. I, I know two coaches, you know, they're, they're amazing coaches. Hurley and Larinaga or Larinaga, uh, took the George Mason, you know, one of the original Cinderella's took them to the final four. That's probably been 20 years ago. I thought it was like five years ago. And then up on the TV when they won, it said it was the 17th anniversary so wow. 2006 with George Mason. That's a great year. You know why it's a great year? Because that probably was when you were born. No, that's when I graduated from high school. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. Uh, now, Hurley, was he on that Duke team that Christian Leitner was on that made the buzzer beater? That so was his brother. Bobby's older oh. brother. Oh, so this is not Bobby Hurley. No, Bobby's brother. This okay. is... Dan. Dan Curley. Hurley. Hurley. Not to be confused with Anacortis legend Dan Curley. I, the reason why I have him in my mind is he was in Spokane last weekend watching the uh, state youth AAU basketball for his nephew. We did not talk about state AAU uh, We did not. So real quick, we went one and three, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Fourth grade went two and two. Eighth grade went two and two. It was a fun time. And you got a win against? Uh, Ritzville. And their mascot. (sighs) Help me out, Josh. That was the Cardinals. There's no Josh here. I know. I'm in my mind. Oh. He was talking because his dad's from Ritzville. Oh, gotcha. Ooh, Ritzville. That was, I I thought it was, now it's Lind Ritzville. Was that? Lind Ritzville is now. And I thought it was the Cardinals in my mind. That's what I picture. But So Ritzville now combines with Lind. Correct. And there's one other town? Mm. A lot of consolidation. In that 1B. And then yes. we actually, real quick, played a team, Okanagan. Well, first off, I got to just give it an F to one of our parents, <laughs> Tara Starkovich. <laughs> she gets the bracket out. And she's like, oh, this looks like an easy draw. We're playing Okanagan, Cedar Crest, and Ritzville. And so lost a tight one to Cedar Crest. We play Okanagan. They have a 6'3 kid that dunks. He had seven dunks in warm-ups. Wow. And we lost by 30. And then beat Ritzville. But 
Thanks, so, Tara, for jinxing us. Mascot for Lindritzville is the Broncos. The Broncos. Which I feel like half the teams in eastern Washington are the Broncos. But so I wrong. It, it, apparently they combine also with Sprague. Mm. Yes. And maybe even Harrington. Harrington is a town? There is a town called Harrington. I just thought that name was a, a legend or a myth. Hmm. At what point do they just take towns and combine them into a greater one, like Fairhaven and Bellingham or whatever it was becoming Bellingham? Well, funny story. We were up in Nooksack on Thursday for a high school baseball game, and um, the, the non-paying audience there of about 21 people were entertained by a trivia question, uh, and that was... In what year did the towns of Nooksack and Everson mm. consolidate? And they gave four choices. There was a multiple choice answer, and it was correct. And I asked the first base coach for Nooksack because he looked like a local fella. I said, did you know that? And he said, well, I'm confused because they each have their own mayor. Still? I thought they were different towns still. <laughs> I would imagine it must have something to do with after gold rush times and after maybe depression, like we talk in 1930s or something. It was, to be honest, I cannot remember the answer. Mm. I just remember him telling me that they have their own mayor. I so, don't blame you for not allowing that to take space in your brain. That's so Nooksack really High School, Valley High School, when you look it up, it says Everson, Washington. Yes. And, and not Nooksack, Washington. But I believe there are three towns Everson, Nooksack, and Sumas that all feed into Nooksack, Nooksack Valley. Valley High School. Okay. Did not realize that. Well, uh, real quick, uh, on the final four, I'm going with UConn over, versus San Diego State, and I'm just going to do it. San Diego State's going to win it. Why not? Go Aztecs. You know, it's a be beautiful place to uh, attend college. That's what, that's the, about all I know about San Diego State. I'm going to go UConn, Florida Atlantic, and I'm going to go UConn winning it. You remember UConn had a random win in there 10 years or so ago with Kevin Ollie as their coach? Kimball Walker went through, I think they were like a 12 or an 11 seed in the Big East tournament. That's right. And they won five games in five days. And Kimba Walker went off. And I, then just gave their coach with that win like $20 million. Kevin Ollie was a former Seattle Supersonic. That is correct. Backup point guard. You know, I don't know that I really care who wins or that I really have a pick, but I'd love to see uh, the Hurricanes in the final. Because I would love to see all the people who went to the U that love to support that football team going crazy there at the championship game as if they've ever cared or supported their basketball team. Michael Irvin. Oh, Ray, legend. Ray Lewis. Ed Reed. Oh. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The Rock. And they might have a women's team. They're playing currently right now to make it. Wow. So we have Louisville, Iowa playing, tipping off in about half an hour. Um, little local connection. Louisville's best player is from Kashmir. Haley Van Lith uh, actually played against her dad in college. He went to UPS. But uh, great for her to come back home, Seattle, play in Seattle. Didn't know that there were a bunch of games there. And they're having one to 200 people support her, which is awesome. Taking so, the drive from Kashmir. That's right. And every time you drive through Kashmir, you want to, might want to stop at Rusty's Drive-In. Great burger. I don't know that I've ever been to Kashmir. Um, Applets and Cotlets? Oh, okay. Yeah, and I have. Between um, Leavenworth and Wenatchee. Well, yeah, apparently Wenatchee for sure, because you notice that whenever they say where she's actually from on TV, they don't give the cred to Kashmir. That's, they, they say it's Wenatchee. I would, if I heard that and I was her, I would say, stop. No, I'm from Kashmir. That's different. So, I mean, is that the equivalent of someone being from Anacortes and they say that we're from Bellingham or would they, is that Seattle? Well, Kashmir's on the outskirts of Wenatchee. I think the boundaries brush up against one another. Mm. It'd be like Laconner. Yeah. Okay. Maybe five, six miles. 
from that area, but just a small town. Great story. She's a junior. I, I, I mean, she'll, she'll probably be in the WNBA. Yeah. I mean, is she their best player? She is. I feel like I saw a little documentary. I don't know if it was on one of the local TV shows. I feel like there was a, one of our local legends was either helping coach her or met with her at one point. I don't know. It's in the brain anyways. So a couple months before Kobe died, uh, he actually flew. That's what it was. Uh, he took his daughter, Gigi, to like 10 of the best high school players in the nation and flew and watched their high school games. So he flew into Wenatchee secretly and then showed up to Kashmir High. Thank you. I'm glad that you have that. I had no idea. I'm glad now I remember. Um, hey, so we're about to talk about musical, musical genre. Do we need to take a little break before that? Um, collect our thoughts or are we, we going right in? You know, I think we could dive right in. What do you think, Mr. Morgenthaler? Does anyone need a break? I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. Do you I'm want dialed. to introduce the musical genre, either one of you? Yeah, I mean, I'll just preface the musical genre by saying this is one of the many things I know not very much about. So whatever I say during this segment, take it with a grain of salt. Um, so what we're talking about here is the four major grunge bands, um, according to Morgie, which I assume... It's up for debate. Yeah, it's up for debate. Um, four of the major ones from that time period, which time period-wise, what would you say it's like 88 to 94 kind of? Yes, um, more 90, 94, but early on for some of these bands was 88. Because like, you know, I was trying to do a little bit of reading and understanding the grunge era of rock, which apparently the bands that were in the grunge era don't actually like to be called grunge bands. Is that kind of what I heard? That um, it kind of comes from the Green River, Green River Band, um, that that was one way they were described. And then kind of after that, a lot of those bands tended to shy away from that, and in addition to shying away from the spotlight. Now, is that all a bunch of crap that I just read somewhere? Or is that true? I, that's a, that's true. Like, there's a couple books that we read during COVID, the history of grunge and all that, and I think they were just labeled that because it was the Seattle scene. Yeah, and they will look back and see like Green River, a uh, couple. What are the couple others? The Melvins. Melvins were just big influences on all those bands. But when we think about those, you know, we're not going to count. Like Screaming Trees is is huge. I love them. Uh, you know, our guest list, guest friend. on the podcast, big friend of ours, Sign Dog. He's yeah. from Ellensburg. And, you know, that's an amazing band. But we're just going to think about just the four that hit the mainstream the most, I think, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, and Nirvana. And so, and we're looking at what our favorite song is for each of those. For each band. Each one, legendary band. One song that you have to pick. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to just pick the band. Okay. And then we will each pick our song. Okay. And talk a little bit about it. And I want our listening audience to know that we have not shared our choices with each other. That is true. Cause I just literally had the thought, Oh man, I only have one song I know for some of these bands. I hope you guys don't pick it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? We're ready. Do you want to go first, Mr. Morgenthaler? So I'm going to, do you want to pick the band? I'll pick the band. You name the song. Let's go with, let's start with Nirvana. This was a tough one for me. So yesterday I spent a lot of time, with Rowan in the car, uh, listening to Nirvana. That is the one band of the four that I listened to the least, which is kind of weird, in the last 15 years. So my song for Nirvana is Lake of Fire. Ooh. The MTV Unplugged. Where do bad folks go when they die? They don't go to heaven where the angels cry. Is that a, to a cover? Lake? Is that which is fine if it uh, is. is? I don't know if it is or not, but that's that was my favorite, and I don't know if that counts. Can you fact check this for us, Mr. Ruckdashel? That might be a meat puppet song that they oh, covered. Oh, it is. 
<laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Well, because Cobain. Well, it could be because Cobain's say, his idol is the Meat Puppets. He was a big Meat Puppet fan. Yeah, I saw them open up for Stone Temple Pilots, and that was on the uh, MTV Unplugged. It was. So my favorite Nirvana song also came off the MTV Unplugged album or show, and it was "Where Did You Sleep Last Night." Oh yeah. And uh, I think it closed that show. And years later, I did not know this, but, you know, a big, the podcast is big fans of Lanigan. And he actually had that song on one of his albums, The Winding Sheet. And Cobain sang backup on that for Lanigan. Wow. You know, that's, I mean... When you think about the grunge stuff, there's a lot of sharing of bandmates across the board with all these bands getting started up and kind of this belief that anyone can make their band, right? So a lot of these uh, drummers or guitar players or singers ended up either at some points making like a super group, like say, wasn't, um, wasn't House of the Dog? Am I getting that right or wrong? Temple of the Dog. Temple of the Dog. There you go. House of the Dog. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, how about Mad Season? Yeah, exactly. So, like, those are all kind of super groups. And, yes. And even before those, they ended up being in smaller bands and then proliferating across. Um, so, for Nirvana, for me, this is the one I, in some ways, know the best unintentionally because I remember um, now when I was a kid, probably eight or nine, I was going to Whitney Elementary. And I went over to my best friend, best friends at the house, best friend at the Times house, lived up on like West Fourth, Brandon Fernalovich. And uh, he, uh, I remember seeing on the top of his dresser the Nevermind album CD from Nirvana. And that was, that was new to me. I had no idea what that was, but I did see that there was a very <laughs> interesting looking cover in front of me. And as a very sheltered child, I had no idea what I was looking at. Um, so the, the song that I would pick is "Come As You Are" from that mm. from that CD. From Nevermind. Yeah. If I if that does in fact is the a cover, um, something in the way would be my one A then. If that's not a Nirvana song, but you don't feel super strongly. Just I assume because Nirvana is not. Really, one of your go-to, it, you know, bands it's you it's to. it's I, f I feel like I, I don't know why, but the last twenty years I didn't listen to them as much as I probably should have. I think also it's I never saw them live, but I was I was all in on Nevermind when it came out, well, all in. That that's but I those... didn't know that the the two or three years before that because we were young. I mean, and, I was and 12. The, and the stuff before that was... Bleach? Bleach, yep. and it was, you know, it was not mainstream. So Love Buzz off of Bleach is another... Well, so what I was going to say is what makes an album like Nevermind so good and albums that are peak, that, are rem that you remember, for me, is you can listen through that whole thing and it's all good. It's all good. Like, there's not a point where you listen, say, the first three songs, and you're like, well, the rest of it, they just filled in the songs later. Like, that album, you just throw, throw it on and, and let it go. Can we just give a tip of the cap to Dave Grohl? Oh, man. That's impressive to be a part of two gigantic bands like he's been a part of, like Nirvana and then Foo Fighters. One is a drummer, and yep. the other is a front man. And he does some of the drumming for Foo Fighters, too. Like, he wouldn't like Taylor Hawkins stuff or someone else. He's like, he just did it and then said, sorry, this is how it's going to be. Was, was, that the sound, was that the Sound City documentary? Possibly. I'm trying to remember. So, again, um, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. I think a year ago today he passed. Well, there was a baseball game for the team that I coach a day or two after he passed, and that day... Our sound guy played only Foo Fighters. Yeah. There might be man tears over here right now. I'm not crying right now, but my son did actually ask me that today, this morning, while we watched John Wick 4, 
if I was crying. I said, no, this is not the movie that I would cry in. But I did leave that movie. It's amazing, by the way, for all the listeners around the world that are listening. Um, you need to go see John Wick 4. It made me want to go out and just punch something <laughs> or try and be the boss. So <laughs> can I suggest for a future episode, we for top three have top three John Wick movies? There's only four. <laughs> oh, you got to watch them all. I've only seen one, and I almost did cry when his dog got killed. <laughs> That's like the beginning of the movie, isn't it? It kind of lit a spark. It all comes back full okay. circle with the, gonna... with the dog, too. There's a, do- there's a dog that takes a big role in this movie, too. Really? Yes. I'm not going to say that I endorse violence towards animals, because that's not what I'm trying to say. But as someone who is a not-dog person, like I don't really like dogs, I just, yeah. Obviously that's that an understatement. For me. Yeah, that is an understatement. You, so my, you, my reaction you to dogs, dogs is um, akin to Swap's uh, feelings when he hears Rush. Like, it's the same thing. I have a physical reaction, and I just want to get away from them. I haven't heard the Bare Naked Ladies in probably 18 years, and you played 20 seconds, <laughs> and it just ruined my day. You were writhing across the oh, table. Oh, uh, they have... It, it, it brings about the same reaction... In my body, that rush does. Oh, no, it can't, rush can't be that bad. For it's that bad for you. It's that bad. Oh. What about who's worse, Rush or Boston? <laughs> you don't like Boston? <laughs> no, he hates Boston. I don't too. like Boston. He doesn't like <gasps> arena bands. Well, I like Kansas. Well, and you. Hmm. I've been listening to a lot of America this week. Horse with no name. Yeah. They're pretty good. They There's are. a lot going on there. I mean, so I'm wondering, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you include them as an arena band? I'm just, no. I'm throwing that out there because so I, I we're talking about bands we hate, which might be a, a future top three bands you hate. And Red Hot Chili Peppers is going to make my top really? three. Really? I cannot oh stand God, them. I love them. Really? Oh. So the, uh, re- I think he thinks arena bands are like 70s. Correct. No, it's, arena rock. To me, it's just stuff that's played at stadiums, right? Stadium rock is like... Queen, right? Queen, I think, would be stadium rock. Boston, for sure. I want to say Kansas. Hey, fun fact, though, since you brought up Red Hot Chili Peppers. In 1994, get us back on track here with grunge, Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Nevermind came out on the same day. And wasn't uh, Bad Motor Finger? Was supposed to. But it ended up coming out like two weeks and later. And Metallica's Black. I think came out on the same day. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, we should probably fact check that. Um, what band do we want to go to next? We've gotten through Nirvana. Okay, so I'm gonna, uh, we're going to go Soundgarden. Okay. And Swappy, you're up first. Slaves and Bulldozers. Oh, yeah, baby. I mean, I, I just listened to Bad Motorfinger over and over and over. I had like a cheap ghetto blaster. That I had in my little Can room. Can you say that still? I mean, isn't it just a boombox? Well, <laughs> we called it a ghetto blaster. You know, and I, I got it. I've heard that before. During Indian what? summer. I said I've heard that I before. know, but just barely. What do Can you we mean? say ghetto blaster? <laughs> I, I, I know the phrase ghetto blaster. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it's a boombox is what it is. Well, it is a boombox. Oh, man. We probably just alienated some of our listening audience. I'm not sure about that one. But <laughs> but I, I listened to the album over and over, and Slaves and Bulldozers was just, I thought, like the quintessential Soundgarden, like Cornell, screaming in tune, and the intensity building throughout the song, and his lyrics where it was like, if you didn't know who Chris Cornell was, you were just like, who in the world can sing like this? It was like Robert Plant times 10. Amazing. That album changed my life. So for me, my song is Outshined on the same album. And just the... Gosh, I was going to take that. (laughs) Hey, it's all right. We can take it together. The (laughs) intensity of those songs. But just when he screams outshined in the middle in key like she oh. screams and hits the notes at the same time and just the the power of kim thale oh and shepherd and then cameron on drums and seeing them live too 
yeah. was amazing. But my, I, I played that on the boat about seven years ago when the boys, Rowan and Owen, were like six. And that's their favorite song from those bands. So, I mean, their most well-known song is probably Black Hole Sun. Uh, and I thought about going with that. But then I went back and I listened through um, Bad Motorfinger all the way through. And you guys can disagree with me because you actually grew up with this and maybe you listened to it for more than just two days straight like I did. Um, but this is one of those ones that's interesting to me from the standpoint that the first three songs on this album are all good, almost equally good to me. Um, and then I didn't really care for the rest of the songs until Holy Water. And I think Holy Water is really good too. Um, but yeah, I would probably say Outshined, like that part you were talking about. It just really vo uh, showcases his vocals, which... Later on, I just I'm a big Audio Slave fan. Oh, I love oh, them so much. I know. I got to see them twice. Oh, that's in a amazing. small venue. They were one of my top three concerts. It's it is really seeing him for and many, Mor many reasons sad that we lost him. Oh, seeing him and Morello together. Oh, I can't imagine. Was just crazy. Okay. Uh what do you want, Ruck? Band three. Kind of made myself sad right there thinking about that. Um Band three, well, um, I, there's only one song really for Alice in Chains that I know. And since I'm going first, if I don't pick that, then I won't have a song to choose. Uh, so so I'll, you, I'll go with Alice in Chains' Man in the Box. Okay. What do you, what do you think about that song? Um, honestly, I know so little about Alice in Chains that originally when we were having a listening session at my house... I just kind of thought Alice Cooper was like also Alice in Chains. I thought it was kind of synonymous with each other. Um, that's not true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot of like um, great insight into why I like that song other than it's their most popular one. Um, I would say sort of like that, that intro, that almost like drop um, that it has. Uh, kind of creates that sort of dramatic effect in the beginning that I, I think defines that song. So I've got two from Alice in Chains, and I'm just going to go on the record here as saying of these four bands, I think Alice in Chains is my favorite, and that's evolved over the years. Interesting. Um, and There's never saw them live. So, hey, um, this is... Uh, Staley, right? He's the Lane lead. Staley. Yeah, Lane, Lane Staley. Staley. Okay. And I, so I've got two, and I've got to pick one. I don't know which one it's going to be until it comes out of my mouth. Well, and real it, quick, yeah. swap. I never got to see them live as well. There were three shows that were scheduled to see them, and they canceled because of his drug addiction. And they canceled a lot. Yeah. Who are they going to be with? Uh, Metallica, we were there, I think, together. Is that the one where we saw Metallica with Candlebox and Suicidal Tendencies? Correct, at in Seattle at Memorial Stadium. And it was like 105 degrees. Yes. And then there was another time, I think, Kitsap County, Kitsap County Fairgrounds. Maybe. Yeah. So was that a Lollapalooza? Yeah. That was the Tool one, right? Well, no, it was Tool one day, Soundgarden the next, but... There might have been one show in Seattle. Uh-huh. But he oh, I just I wish I would have gone to see them. And then back in the early days of Nirvana, it was so easy to go see a show then. You know, it's it's crazy all the stuff you touched on there or that we have with each band, at least these first three. I don't know um the backstory of Pearl Jam as much, but like all these bands, like they had stuff going on, whether it was drugs or suicide or like that was something that I would assume it sounds like was part of also the genre of, of grunge, these bands. Kind of like tough times, dirty, like kind of living in poor city, that sort of a thing. Would you agree? They were, they were, yes, 100%. And they all loved each other, supported each other. But like when you have five guys sleeping in a room, the half the size of our studio. Well, so I heard today or saw today when I was trying to read that uh, Kurt Cobain, when Nevermind came out and hit number one on the charts, was living in his car. Like, yeah. I mean, that's wild. 
in Aberdeen. So Alice in Chains, I'm going to go on that note, number one song, Nutshell. Ooh. And just with what Ruck just said, honest lyrics, just talking about stuff that mainstream music, just a few years prior to that, never even would have thought of. And remember the, the MTV Unplugged? Yes. Where like Lane Staley hadn't been seen yes. in public, and he came out and just nailed it. Yeah. No. Uh, Amazing. What was your 1A? Love, hate, love. Oh, man. Um, this was tough for me because, you know, the new Allison Chains with Jerry singing. Yeah. Is like, do, do we consider that or is it just the old with Staley? I believe Jerry is, has a show in Tacoma. In six days. We looked into that. We did look into it. I might look into it now. Uh, real quick, saw Jerry with Duff McKagan Ugh. at a mama's Mexican place in Seattle going to opening up a show for my buddy's brother called Walking Papers. But anyway, got to meet Jerry and Duff. Who's Jerry? Jerry Cantrell is the lead guitarist and backup singer for Allison Chains. And just the harmony with Alice in Chains. So, Jerry Cantrell oh. is unreal. This took a long time. I mean, the Dirt album is amazing to me. Uh, just even Alice in Chains, the, that's the name of the album. I don't know if you remember, it had a three-legged dog. Are we talking about Dirt? No, not Dirt, but the uh, second out, al- the other album after Dirt, the after Unplugged. They came out with Alice in Chains, Alice in Chains. Uh-huh. And the cover of the CD is a three-legged dog. Some of the songs on there are amazing. I it was this was tough for me, but um I'm going with Rain When I Die. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Rooster, I love Down in the Hole, but when you listen to all these songs, like think about his hurt. Like he's he's having pain. Like all of the lyrics. So there's a Down there's a YouTube I... video, one of my favorite videos of Alice in Chains, where Lane Staley is about to play "Love Hate Love," and he says, "This is a song about pain." Yeah, <laughs> oh, and that's like every song. Yeah, "Down in a Hole." Oh, you know, "Rain When I Die," "Junk Man." When this podcast is over, I'm gonna go. We're going to rock out to yeah, Alice in Chains. I'm going to listen to Alice in Chains. <laughs> For a week. Yes. We're going to play Alice in Chains and P.E. all week. <laughs> this is going to be the week of Alice in Chains and P.E. And all those kids are going to go to spring break depressed. <laughs> so, there's a couple girls in sixth period that say, Oh, I don't like this music. It makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't mean to get religious on us, but that actually does remind me what you guys just said there about the realness of their music. Um, something that I heard today, oops, a little spill there, uh, heard today in church, and it was basically that, you know, mainstream Carpet media, cleaning. whether it be movies, music, etc., is has become a machine of figuring out what is catchy for people to listen to rather than having it be art that says something. So that kind of connects for me with what you're saying. But, it, but, you know, growing up... So, like, that that stuff is... Yeah. Is... And, and was the wasn't mainstream, but it was art that was being made that said something, and because it really said something, it became catchy or it became what people wanted. And it was almost it was it was their therapy. Yes, like there's they're actually this is how they feel. It's like how Van Gogh painted stuff. They yeah. sang about their pain. And you and we didn't at the time. I'm too young to actually I'm like just listening to the it just music sounds and cool. loves it. Yeah. But then as I got older, I'm like looking at the lyrics. I'm like, holy crap. Like that's heavy. All of it. You know, same with Soundgarden. Like Cornell, all a lot of it. I wish we could play snippets of songs on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Can we do like three seconds? Um, not really, not really worth it. I mean, I understand why we want to, but damn it, rock! It's, it's not worth getting the YouTube <laughs> band censored. Yeah. Um, well, that hey it leaves us with one more band that uh, I think that you guys have seen as well in person, Pearl Jam. 
I've seen them 15 fewer times than Mr. Morgenthaler. <laughs> Does that mean he's seen them 16 times? Correct. Nice. You want? I mean, shouldn't you start? No, I should, I'll start. Or are you gonna? Or should you just go last? Well, ever I think you guys know what I'm gonna pick, but I do. I asked Rowan what he thought I would pick. Oh yeah, there we go. Start with Rowan's pick. Rowan's pick he, is alive. Okay, and that's the first song that he heard from them because that was the song that I loved the most growing up when it's you first one. hear Ten. Yeah, that was um, Ten was their album that got them big. Yeah. And another album that if we're talking about ones you can listen through oh, all the way, just all the songs. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about that differently. Uh, top three albums that you can name or love nine songs off the album. Yeah. Like the whole album. Yeah. Like Millennium Backstreet Boys, for sure. You're the Dark Horse. <laughs> I, <laughs> you're the Dark Horse. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm... I'm going from just years of experience and seeing them and just falling in love, but I'm, even though it's sad, black, I'm, pl- I'm picking black. That was my pick. Well, we can pick together. I mean, if you'd swap her, if you'd like to pick a second no, one. No, but you can't. Lot. If you, you feel so passionate about it. I mean, I might cry. I'm, I am, I'm having a misty moment right now. Wow. I didn't Mrs. Know that. Chambers, yes, I am going to cry. Wow, is she making fun of you for your yeah, tears? Yeah, she was making fun of me at the track meet. She's like, oh, I heard you're a crier. Coming from Mrs. Chambers, that is rich because there, she 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 will shed shed some tears every now and then. And then her husband walks up. He's like, "Hey, he's a sensitive guy. I lo- that's what I love about him." And her husband went to Oregon State, which might be a nice segue into our beer of the week. Yes, after I after we my song. damn it, that was <laughs> great time. <laughs> that that would have been. But swap, you still have to talk about black and why you love it, unless you're going to get man tears, which is fine. Well, just it was a song off that album where I'm not even sure necessarily what the song's about. It's it's very esoteric. How do you spell that? Just like it sounds. Isn't there a C H E S O? No, E S O. Or is it just a C? T T E R I C. Oh, I think I could win the spelling bee on that one. I still think that's odd to have that C standing by itself making that K sound or the K sound. I feel like that should be a K. Well, moment. you English guys, the English language sucks. Well, you know what I was going to bring in up earlier. Spell. In case you're wondering, when you have an album that's named after the band, you can say it's named eponymously. Am I pronouncing that correct? Uh, E-P-O-N-M-O-U-S-L-Y. I think so. It's when you give your name to something. Yeah. So like when like Alice in Chains named the album Alice in Chains? Yeah, or like Metallica just had their name be Metallica for one of them. Say that one more time. The word? Yes. Eponymous or eponymously? Eponymously. Big crashing noise from just outside the recording studio. Are we concerned about that, J-Dub? <laughs> I'll take a look at the break. <laughs> you know, I think here on the View from the Rock podcast, you can feel like you're educated by the time you're done listening. Yeah, here at the Yellow Dog Studio? Yes. Uh, hey, I'll quickly say... The name of my Pearl Jam song, also from Ten. When you uh, so, um, Morgie came into my room Friday at the end of school. No, it must have been Thursday uh, to show me the schedule uh, for our podcast and asked what I was going to choose, and I had no idea. And the first song that came into my head for Pearl Jam was Jeremy, so I'm just going to go with that. Um, it sounds like. And you probably know better than I do that he's talking about some kid in class that seemed like a nobody and he kind of picks a fight with and then he uh, finds out that he has some rage there. Or is, do we know the background of that song? Well, do you remember the video? Yeah, the video when it went on MTV, like the nation was appalled and it got taken down eventually. Whoa. Um, but I think he read the newspaper maybe a few weeks or before like something bad happened it we didn't have shootings back then but something triggered his rage or just how he approached the song gotcha and then the video so not maybe based on real correct story correct yeah 
Yeah. But great. Oh, Jeremy spoke in class today. He did. Well, um, you were just, since you were just talking about uh, Rick Chambers earlier, I think he's a OSU grad. Is that right? I think he's a beaver. He's a beaver. Um, beaver believer. That's right. We also have the whiz man, Brent Wismer. The whiz. And, you know, uh, Oregon State, greatest university in the state of Oregon, right? That's definitely 100% true. 100%. Greater than, greater than Pacific. <laughs> the greatest Division I university. Okay. <laughs> but Oregon Almost State has it. a lot to offer. Engineering school. Your, your cousin, Andy, again, was just showing me the other day when he was there with his daughter that they had these autonomous driving vehicles all around campus that deliver food to the dorm rooms. Like, you just walk up to it, you scan it, you take your food out. Created by the, the students there. Like, I might weigh 600 pounds if that was an option around here. So I believe that Oregon State also has a, a, a brewing program. They do. They have... Uh, so when we, are we going to go right yeah, into yeah, it? Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so, we... so at this point, I believe uh, this is the end of our part one of our podcast because uh, we knew ahead of time looking at our order of events here that we are going to be at about the hour mark at this point, which I have to say, we are pretty good at um, predicting that. So therefore, this might be the most efficient podcast we've had thus far. Um, so we're going to save all of that excellent transition to OSU for part two of View from the Rock podcast. Um, and the name of the episode, of course, would be All-Time Sports Teams from the State of Washington. Uh, so we'll see you next time. Uh, for part two, um, don't know yet if we'll drop these simultaneously or not. You'll have to find out. Um, we are going to be taking a little bit of a break for spring break is partly why we're going to have the double, double part podcast. So uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll see you and hope that you have a great rest of your week.